There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business or, let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5K. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer with its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. For me, I've sacrificed, like, I got married and didn't have kids or anything, but mm. there are certain sacrifices to get where you want to be, but that depends on what's your priority in life. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baitiong. Welcome to episode 63 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast is not for kids, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a very mysterious, yet very popular person in the Philippine startup ecosystem. And his name is Mark Vernon. And today we're very lucky to have him as our season finale for season two. Because this is going to be one of those episodes that's going to blow your mind away of how he was able to hustle throughout his whole life. With stories like how he grew up in Cyprus and how he joined the British military. All the way to how he struggled from paycheck to paycheck and even going homeless for a long time just to make ends meet. And then Mark is also going to share how he was able to turn the corner and make a great fortune that also allowed him to explore the world and learn so much. And stick around till the end because Mark is going to show us how he was able to apply all those learnings in what he does in Tagcash, in his fintech ventures, all the way to how he invests in startups as an angel investor. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of an angel investor, let's begin this episode right now! Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are now in our season finale. We're episode literally 63 when we did this. 63 episodes in one year. That's not even counting the ones that the quickies that we did and the 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 live show. So again, thanks for for making it this far. If you if you're a new listener, you have a lot of catching up to do. But before we end this year, we want to make sure that we have one very interesting hustler to cap things off. And if you're watching the final pitch, y'all know that already that we have finally I got him to say yes to a venture that I'm doing. Because I've been trying to get this guy for the long, longest time. Uh, but before I get too carried away, welcome to the show, Mark Vernon of Tadcash. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I would love the gadgets. Thank you, thank you. So again, this is also where your, where your money went. <laughs> so I know we didn't, you know, we didn't siphon it somewhere. But again, it's to help the whole community. But Mark, you've been listening to the show. I love that you give feedback whenever you you, you hear a nice episode that you like. Hmm. But Mark, this is I'm 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 a big fan because to me you're still an enigma. Good. I don't actually know a lot of things about you aside from what I know in the final pitch and. The things you're passionate about, like tag cash and fintech, but yeah, I want to dissect. That's what I'm doing now. Yeah. Correct. How did you get here? And that's that's the most interesting. But before that, Mark, what's your hustle? Oof. Now I'm. I think the hustle now is enjoying myself in, enjoying life, in my yourself. later years. You know? Got it. So uh, when I first came to the Philippines, mm-hmm. I, well, I didn't know I was going to stay here for a start. Just Got exploring it. Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I did want to stay here, then I said, "Okay, what am I going to do?" Okay. And I saw an immediate need in uh, payments mm. it's kind of tough got it um and yeah a few things came together i had an inc- I set up an incubator after i was investing in property and yep. an office what am i going to do with the office mm-hmm. set up an incubator to help my you know businesses in the states and so on got and it. then uh, um started coming up with ideas got it. and then after two or three years of playing around with those ideas mm-hmm. i got fed up with people saying what do you do after explaining all the things, they said, mm, still don't know what you do. Okay. And so I had to get a bit more focused, and that's where okay. Tag Cash was born. Okay. So, but before we, we, we do a deep dive, let's do that in the second part where we talk about Tag Cash, Tag Wild, and the whole Tag family within. Uh, okay. Right? Um, I want to track back 
and ride the hustle share hustle share what the hell is hustle share hustle share time machine one last time this year and talk about when it's all started because you know this is i'm old you know so that's gonna take a while it's it's fine <laughs> you know we, we, we were here to really dissect because you, hustles are not again not made overnight and there's a lot of experiences failures successes that come in between that that make that happen mm. growing up obviously you're not from here where did you grow up mm, my father was in the forces and he was a chef in the RAF okay Royal Air Force. so I grew up mostly in Mediterranean, Cyprus. For oh, six wow. Years. Yeah, three years in Malta. So Malta. From about five country. to about 16, most of the time was in those countries. Yeah. Wow. But you're technically British. I am British, not technically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Got I'm it. British. British passport. Got it. Okay. So that's a nationality, but you w- grew up. I spent most of my life outside of Correct. The UK. Correct. So. Growing up in that type of environment, what, what, what was it? What was growing up like? Because again, you're obviously not the normal-looking people in when you when you get there, right? Uh-huh. And I don't know how that's like because no, I've I'm, always been part of the majority here. Well, from like ten years old to sixteen, I was in Cyprus. Okay, um, mostly swimming and fishing, and wow, basically school was like eight o'clock till in the morning till one thirty or so. What? Yeah, so. That's high school. That's high, that's all. We don't have high school in the British system. It's 10 okay. years old to 16, then you leave school at 16. What? What do you do after? Well, you work or you go Already? for more. You can go, you go to college or you do more further okay. training, but you, at 16, you can go off and work. Already. Yeah. But so you studied in the British system while you were in Cyprus? Yeah, because they have British teachers that get posted there for like 20 years. <laughs> it's it. like an ultimate posting because it's beautiful wow. weather and the, yeah. the kids are not on drugs or anything. They're all Correct. service children, so they're Absolutely. Yeah, well behaved. Yes. Except for me. Mm -hmm. I was not a good kid. Okay. When you say you're not a good kid, what (laughs) is that? Rebellious and whatever. Okay. (laughs) Right. And again, that also translates. I'm I'm also the same. I'm not not really a good kid, not rebellious, but I was a total class clown, as you can see. It it still manifests. I know. I was a a bit of a loner then. Okay. Um, I like doing stuff on my own. But, you know, yeah. I couldn't wait to leave home, and my parents couldn't wait to kick me out. So oh, that, wow. that kind of <laughs> set up. Really? So, okay. Um, you wouldn't guess that now, would you? Okay. But no, because you're, you, you're with your mother. I love that about you. No, because, my mother lives with me. Yeah, correct. There's a big difference. I mean, you're, you live with, your mother lives with you. Okay, my bad. All right. Because I'm the same. I mean, uh, I saw how my mom also ra- uh, took care of my grandma. Hmm. She lived till 99. Wow. Yeah. Have to live that long. Right. And um, I saw that this is something that, you know, if she did that for my grandma, I'll do that for her too. Yeah. I mean, I was an only child, so, but still. But, you know, I had, to, I had some growing up to do. Okay. It took a while before I, you know, grew up. Okay. How did you grow up? So, moment <laughs> you, you graduated. I didn't graduate. Yeah. I mean, that? you. You okay. take your final, you have some exams. And, Got it. And at school, I, it was quite easy. Okay. For me, it was easy, so I didn't study until I needed to. And it's okay. not like the, the system in America is, or here is grading every year. Mm-hmm. There, you can just take your final exams in, in the last year when you're 16, and that's it. What? Those exams. Wow. That's the O-level GCSE okay. system. And so I, um, I, didn't, I studied like two or three months before my exams, but the rest of my school time, I didn't really. I, was, I liked swimming and okay. fishing and all that other stuff. <laughs> but in school. Okay. Um, so, then, you know, at 16, I joined the Army. The army, yeah, British the army. British army, not yeah. the Maltese, that in the no, Cyprus. No, 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 I don't, no, I don't even, how do you call people in Cyprus? Cyprians? Cypriots. Cypriots, yeah. wow. Some of the best food. Mm. 
Now I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll bury your boat. <laughs> well, it's mostly Russians there now. Okay. Mm. Oh, wow. Changed a bit. Mm, so, okay. yeah, 16 joined the army because I, I played for both the army and the RAF, and they, mm. the army took me first. So you joined the army, and what was, what was it like? Because <laughs> this is, here's, what, here's what I have always said this in other shows and other episodes as well, that nothing teaches you discipline quite like sports or army experience. What I'm did not you do sure in the army? About the army, you know, that was the wrong move for me. I was, getting, oh. I got told what to do at, at home, okay. at school, and what I do, I join the army where they tell you what to do. Ah, absolutely, and you have no fucking choice. <sighs> so, uh, not just before my 18th birthday, I left. Uh, mm, yeah. wow. And so I learned how to, you know, shoot. And, shoot. Uh, but I was also studying electronics. You, you, yeah. They put you through a study, like a college kind of thing. But you're okay. doing all the, the bullshit stuff, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, clean clothes and uh, right. shoes and uh, marching and shooting and all that. Okay. So that was full time. Okay. And um, at 18, I decided, because at 18, then they get you to sign nine year, nine year contract. Nine year contract? Well, they, they, they spend like a couple of million equivalent dollars on you. So they Still. Want you, they want you to, they want to get the money back, right? Got it. What nine years of commitment at yeah, 18, yeah, that's yeah. very hard to do because yeah. you don't even know what you want to do at so that I, time. So I, uh, I didn't want to. Okay. <laughs> so I changed my mind. I left that. Oh. Then, um, so it didn't really teach me discipline. Got it. Except how to put, you know, had an iron. Got it. Had to make my shoes really shiny. <laughs> That's why you have really nice clothes whenever you yeah. go out. But the oh, last, the last three, four months, I was training as a in like marine as a marine. Mm. So, you know, three weeks after I left, Falklands happened, and you know mm. that don't you don't know that it's the war between yeah. Argentina, Argentina and England. Oh wow! I did not know this. So what we, happened we for, for those for those people in this side of the world, this, <laughs> this side, side of, of the century, <laughs> right? Also, of the world. Um, what happened? So there is a war between we the, British. Own, the British own the Falkland Islands, which is close to Argentina. Argentina invaded it. Oh, said it's ours. Um, in the Pacific or the Atlantic? No, it's Atlantic. Okay, it's South Atlantic, cold. Near Antarctica. Yeah, not quite that far, but it's it's okay. quite south, mm-hmm. far south, and. Um, so we said, no, we can't have that. So we sent all of the forces over there and invaded it and took it back. Wow. So it was a full-on war. Um, and I've met a couple of people that fought in that war. And basically, it, was ha- it happened so fast, the, the advances, that they couldn't take prisoners. So What? Mm-hmm. What did what that teach you? Um, it taught me, <laughs> don't go to war. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me, anyway. Yeah, okay. So after this, what, what was, the, was there... I'm now curious how you, what else happened after this. So you you did that, the army thing. My parents uh, were in Scotland at the time. They okay. went they went to Holland somewhere. Okay, uh, got posted there, and I went to Glasgow. Okay, lovely place. There you go. Not what happened 19, in Glasgow? 1983. Okay, in Glasgow, I uh, unemployed for a few weeks. Okay, lived on porridge for about three weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, porridge and water. Lovely. Champurado, they call it yeah, champurado yeah. here, or lugao, yeah, 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 yeah. or no lugao. Cho- no chocolate. Yes. So, and then I was, I had a number of jobs. Of us. Okay. What were months. those jobs that you, that you remember? I worked, in a, I worked in a rock pub where at the oh, end wow. of the night you would link arms, the staff would link arms and squeeze all the patrons out. You know. Wow. Uh, I worked in, oh, uh, the, probably the main place was a, as a, a room service waiter. No where I met way. UB40. You probably don't know my, my UB40. You know yeah. him. Yeah. A rapper, right? Well, no, no, it's a it's a reggae group. Right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. UB40 is the right. name of a unemployment form, so that, that's oh. the name. So uh, all black guys, big tall guys, like yes. one white singer, and uh, mm-hmm. and I met them. They give me a fifty p tip. Whoa! Was, wow. Yeah. 
So anyway, I, so I got a bit of money saved up from okay. Glasgow. I went to London mm-hmm. in uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty-three. Okay, and three days I spent my money. Okay, and I was homeless. Everything. Oh, yeah, I was homeless for three months. So. Wow. Yeah, and it's in the cold. It's not like being homeless here. You no, you no. Die of cold. This is freezing cold. Yeah, it's minus one degrees. Wow. So yeah, I was homeless for three, three months, two and a half, three months. Yeah. What? That. That's that's again. I don't want to keep saying what because people are gonna be people are gonna be like, dude, stop it. You know, I mean, someone already um, commented in, in one of the comments says this guy shrills too much. What the hell is shrill even? So I was like, oh shoot, so I'm gonna try to refrain oh, saying. What? You might have heard, not yeah. heard some of this, so okay. I don't know. Um, but my parents were—I didn't know where my parents were. They were in Holland somewhere. But okay. I, the, I would have died before I'd gone back home. The pride thing, you know. Got it. So what did you do? How did well, you? Well, when ends you have mean? no, I didn't. Mm. You, you have to get food from restaurants at the end of the night and wow. it's really hard to get clean so it means you can't get a job because you, okay. you've got no address, got no, nothing. Mm. So homeless. It, was, it is what it is. How did you get, I mean, step, uh, step up from that situation? Because that, that can be a chicken and egg. Well, and that's rock if, you don't, if you go to a city and it's a wrong move to go to a big city when you're young and got nothing. Got it. Uh, no one cares. No, no one cares about you. Got it. So I... Um, should have gone to a smaller city or, or something it. where people care. Mm-hmm. But if you have no friends and you don't know where to crash, you've you, you got no starting base, right? Got it. Um, and being clean and having a place to operate from, is you need that. Absolutely. So that's what taught me. But okay. I, I got a little bit of money from government, three days emergency payment. Okay. It took me a day to get clean. Okay. The next day I got a job as a mopping floors. What well, Mopping floors of? No, the Institute of Civilian Engineers. In England. Oh, wow. It's the right opposite okay. Big Ben. Okay, wow. Yeah, you're the, you're the the bong every day. <laughs> so, Mopping floors. Yeah, yeah, and three months, and then I got another job, another job, and I worked in a casino for like 11 months. That was my most boring job. Got it. <laughs> casino. <laughs> yeah, as a groupie. As a and how old were you when you That did was 18 that? still. What? Still 18. So I, I went through a few jobs and then fell in love with a girl, and then she left me and... I was oh, heartbroken. Man. So I sold all my worldly belongings and hitchhiked to South of France and then ended up on a yacht that went to um, India. Wait. So <laughs> so you catch up, catch up. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? So you, you fell in love, you sold all your belongings, when you I, went to Southern France. Well, well, no, she... She, uh, she sold... Off, no, she went off with another guy and I was like heartbroken. So I sold everything and... Correct. Yeah, hitchhiked to South of France. Oh, my God. And hitchhiked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By foot? Well, that's yeah, hitchhiking. What? <laughs> well, you hitch and you, and you get lifts, you know, which is lots of adventures, which I won't go into. That is crazy. Wow. Now, in terms of what happened, wait, this sounds like a, a movie already. <laughs> and we're just in the first part, right? So, How did you even afford? You don't. Well, I mean, I had about 600 pounds at the time. I remember that's how much Correct. I had. And, uh, and it got spent very quickly. And no, I ended and up. I ended up in Sri Lanka with no money, uh, fifty dollars. Sorry. Correct. Yeah. So you, you, which boat? How did you get into the boat? In like, uh, like, when you, a lot of people go to the South of France to try and find work on the boats. If you don't have any experience on boats, it's really difficult. Okay. So I found work actually um, working on cleaning boats. The boat that was going to take take me over there, and they okay. have an amateur crew where they, you pay to go on the boat. They pay for fuel. Okay. Uh, and that was going. He was chartering the boat over in uh, Maldives. So in Maldives, yeah, which so is in India, is the southern yeah, southern so India. It's like right. a three four month trip all the way over. Lots of adventures on the way. That's again another story. Okay, no, a but lot of wow. adventures. <laughs> this is so amazing. So when I got there, it was um, 
I ended up in Maldive Islands. And yeah, I was the most beautiful advice. ones probably out there. Yeah, not if you've got no money. Okay. But, <laughs> but I had about $100 left. And, $100. Uh, and I spent $50 to get to Sri Lanka. Okay. And then I tried to get a job. Imagine, you know, yeah. how far and I go into Sri Lanka to try and get a job. But there was a guy that was running a casino, and because I'd worked in a casino, I said, can I work in a casino? No, I can't hire a foreigner, but you can live in this decrepit uh, house on the beach. It's basically no windows, nothing. So I slept on the floor for like four months. What? Uh, and then I met someone who was teaching driving, teaching people how to drive, and okay. driving school, first driving school over there. Are they driving left-hand drive or right-hand drive? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's right. left-hand. Yeah, um, it's very confusing. Like, <laughs> I think it's left-hand, but yeah. they... Um, he gave me, his son was being looked after by a couple in Europe and he kind of took me on and as, you know, come in every day so I can talk to you and I'll give you $2 and a bike to drive. And the bike had no, no gears, had, well, third gear and no brakes. It's great. Third gear, no, <laughs> no brakes. brakes. How, but hey, how do you drive with no brakes? <laughs> uh, carefully. <laughs> Use your feet. <laughs> what if it's downhill? How are you even going to park? I, I, um, Is there a handbrake at least? I didn't, have, I didn't have a problem with hills. And Colombo, where I was, there was no hills. So. Okay, this is flat land. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. But See, how do you make the car stop? The, not the car, the bike, motorbike. Right. Well, how do you, still, whatever that... that, that you don't that, go too fast and start with, and then okay. use your feet. <laughs> wow. It's a long time ago. Wow. Uh, anyway. Okay, so what, how, the, how was the pay for that gig? $2 a day. You lived on two dollars a day. Oh yeah, yeah, and I had a good, a good meal for one, one dollar, and the rest was fuel <laughs> for the bike. Wow. So um, that was fun. And then I was buying and selling gemstones to foreigners. Yeah. What kind of gemstones were these? Well, Colombo and Bangkok is famous for sapphires and yeah. garnets and other things. So, yeah, I made enough money to get a ticket back to England. So and you went that, home. Yeah. Well, went back to England and. Okay. So over the well, next by, plane, by, by, boat? by plane, by okay, plane, by plane. Okay, okay. Yeah, couldn't good. get a boat. Anyway, so. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, but this time, how old are you? When, when, when did nineteen. This happened within a span of one year. Mm-hmm. This can already be a movie. So, if someone's <laughs> a producer <laughs> listening to this, yeah, I've toned. You already it. have the plot. Yeah, I've toned it down a bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's already toned down. <laughs> if you want it, un- uh, otherwise we'll be here yeah. all day with it. Okay. Know, and so, get back to England. Now, was what was that? Nineteen eighty. Okay. Four. Was it London still? Or you yeah, did London, yeah. Always okay. used to go back Big to city London. Because mm-hmm. London, you can go get work, get some work, make some money, travel. So over the next few years, I did a lot um, traveling. Mm-hmm. And you go, you hitchhike around Europe or whatever. Okay. Make, some, make some money, hitchhike down there, have some fun, come back, make some more money. And I did that for a okay. few years. How did you turn the corner? I mean, uh, 19. You know, it, I learned quickly, I can't work for anyone else. <laughs> you either think you can do someone else's job better, even if you can't. Or you just want to do things on your own. You don't like being told what to do. Okay. And it's, it's, it's pretty obvious already <laughs> what, the, the, what that choice was for you. So you yeah, don't yeah. like, what did you do? What, what was the first venture into you an know, entrepreneurship? The, I had a job as a motorcycle courier, okay. which is, you know, I had three crashes and almost died from the last okay. crash. So I thought, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. So okay. three months I was doing that. You're ankas. You're ankas before. Are you grab you? delivery more. Yeah. The, the more packages you have on board, you have six packages. La la more money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the I used to deliver a lot to graphic design studios. Okay. And I kind of like oh, that's really interesting what they're doing. They're doing paste up with wax and and stuff, making magazine pages. And okay. Stuff. It's really interesting. So, mm-hmm. so I'd like to try that. So I was messing around at home, learning. Mm-hmm. On my own. There's no internet to learn from, mm-hmm. so you just have to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then um. Then I, I had a, it's difficult. There's a, there's a girlfriend I used to have before, an mm-hmm. old 
girlfriend. Yeah. And she... She didn't leave you again. You didn't, no, no, okay, this okay. is a... She was an alcoholic and I was at 21. I wanted to help. Okay. I didn't know. I, I couldn't, but okay. I tried. But anyway, she ended up in north of England. Okay. So I went up there um, to say hello and you know, see her. Okay. And then uh, I thought I'd stay up there for a bit. Okay. North of England's... Okay. Well, it's difficult up north at okay. the time. It's so, Winterfell. <laughs> the wildlings right, live yeah. there and right. it's, it's very difficult to work you know, yeah to get jobs so anyway um that's why i discovered because you know, i was on unemployment benefit they give you a bit of money every week like 17 pounds a week at, right at wow time. So it was enough to feed yourself correct not a lot more and then not again be they homeless had, they right? had something called the enterprise scheme which is a maggie thatcher a prime minister at the time she had put a system in place so you can make 40 pounds a week for one year and then they would help you uh, mentor you in a business Okay. whatever ideas you, got, you had. So my ideas was typesetting and graphics. Mm. So I got into that um, and with government help. Okay. And the, those are the same kind of things I'm trying to do here as well. It's like Desda. They're their local version of Desda? Yeah, but they actually give you a bit of money and mentor you in a, in a mm. place that you know they, they give you free space to work in. Okay. And so that's something I'm working with on the ICT here to, yes. to actually do the same. So, yeah, I, I did that and then I... I moved from there after a few months into a, a teaching. Uh, it was they call it an iTech. It's um, a government-run, um, I don't know, organization, and okay. that's where they bought all this equipment and mm -hmm. they didn't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. Macintosh stuff. Apple. Okay. Oh. So I, I basically operated it mm -hmm. and learned how to do magazines, and now I do production, and now I was teaching people how to do that. Wow. At the same time. So I discovered that I had the ability to learn something really quickly and then teach it like I've known it for years. Yes. So that became the business. It was just basically teaching people how to do IT. Okay. And that led on to, I went back to London okay. after about a year, nine months a year, and then I worked for a company for a couple of years as a publisher, a couple of months as a publisher consultant, hmm. and teaching as well, and then okay. doing my own. So I was teaching every day. It was good money, uh, teaching... Yeah. And then they said, can you supply the equipment and then the, you know, the, the staff for it and stuff. Right. And that grew into a business very quickly for about a year. Nice. And then it went bust. Okay. So what happened during that first bust? Because again, well, this is like an up and down. If, if, oh, yeah, I've yeah. never seen so many ebbs and flows. Yeah. Right? And this is again, you went there and boom, what, what, what happened? Um, well, that they, the government, we, they were giving you a government guaranteed loan. Okay. Like it was 50,000 pounds. Uh, which is quite a lot. Okay. And I made a lot of money from uh, my first deal um, mm. with the same company that I went bust with. Okay. Because <laughs> they, they, they hadn't had to buy all this equipment, so I bought it, made a profit, okay. moved into a four-story building, started yeah. supplying all the staff, so it was recruitment mm -hmm. and um, training, maintenance, all the equipment and stuff. And then started picking up clients. But my biggest client, they owed me like, at the end, they owed me about two months' worth of salaries. Of, I was supplying all their staff. Wow. And their venture capital got pulled. Okay. And I'm stuck holding the bill for I'd already paid the staff for it. Correct. So I had no choice but to fold and start again. That's amazing. Three weeks of brain dead and then you start again. Okay. Now let's take a, let's take a break because I, I need a break. <laughs> this, is, this is an amazing story and we're not even halfway per se, right? Yeah, I've left out a lot of good stuff. Okay. <laughs> let's do that. But let's take a break first and when we come back, let's talk about the next things and how was, uh, uh, he was able to bounce back from this. But let's talk about that more after the break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the Maldives. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're back from the break. We're still with Mark Vernon for a season finale of season two of Hustle Share. I'm still blown away. I don't even know. I can't even like digest how much things happen in just a short amount of time. But what I want to find out, so after folding, how did you get into tech? Actually, I folded more than once, twice. Wow. Because I, I, I started again smaller, but okay. I, I kept having these you know, three robberies in a row and couldn't three get insurance for it. <laughs> So I uh, went bust again okay. and started even smaller. What it taught me was to <laughs> just be really careful. Okay. Don't extend credit and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, anyway, I ended up teaching a lot. Okay. Teaching a lot of um, you know, IT stuff. Okay. And then that, was, that brought me up to about 1994. And I said, I'd like to be able to teach without being there. So mm. I created... I had to figure out how to put video onto a CD because I know it had already been done on videotape. It was Mac yeah. Academy at the time. Yeah. So I worked out how to put it on a, a CD. Okay. And that was brand new tech. It wasn't even on PCs then. It was on Mac. Got it. And where were you at the time? I had to make sure. Under. Okay, cool. Yeah. So right. I, I worked out how to put like eight to ten hours worth of video on a CD. Okay. Um, high compression and, and all the rest of it. So mm-hmm. our first products were desktop publishing, the stuff we knew. Okay. And I actually authored about 10 of those products over a period of time. But we make the CD. So we took a few months to make the first CD. And then I went in 1995, New Year's Eve again. Wow. They went to Mac Expo in San Francisco. Okay. And I shared a little stand and I sold CDs off the stand. Wow. So, and then I met my first employee there. Okay. And then we set up a little office with peanuts. I, I had hardly any money yeah. then, by then. And uh, so that was the growth of the U.S. company. Mm-hmm. But there was some history 
for my previous going bust, right, in England. Yeah. And uh, I put my ex-girlfriend in charge of the company. Okay, there you go. Not a good move. Okay. <laughs> so we, we had a, we, after about a year, a year and a half or so, we had a big deal with a publishing company and yeah. she didn't like it and I liked it. Okay. And then I got, suddenly got lawyers' letters saying, desist and come back to the UK mm. and, and so on. I said, okay, no. Yeah. Uh, so I actually split and had to recreate all my own products again. That company went by the wayside in the UK. Okay. I was the lead you know, on the tech side. And Got it. Thing. And you stayed in San Francisco. Yeah, I was traveling back and forth, but you, yeah, most of the time in Silicon Valley, mm. uh, south of San Francisco. What was it like back in the 90s when... Not much different. Expensive. And Got it. So I lived in this uh, converted little tiny um, shed. Got it. <laughs> on a farm, like a, like a one-acre plot of land okay. that was grandfathered. They couldn't sell it. Wow. So, and that was in Stevens Creek Boulevard, which is right behind Apple. Okay. Uh, so I drove past Apple every day. Okay. Uh, my widow, home nice. and whatever. It's got go. my little office, uh, two-man office, and, mm-hmm. and um, it grew from there. Got it. But basically, we were making CDs, selling them, um, and then in 1996, we went online with the first video courses uh, with nice. QuickTime. So I did all this stuff. What was Quick, it called? It was QuickTime. QuickTime Quick Quick Video. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But. Um, that was the only way of getting video online. And they Correct. came up with a new version that allowed you to stream it online, mm-hmm. put it online. And I didn't get any uh, joy from Apple, so I, I sent like, emails to everyone that I thought was S. Jobs, Steve Jobs, or whatever. Okay. Eventually, one of those got through, and within 20 minutes, there were three managers asking me, what can we do to help you? So, what? So, so you, had, you got the real Steve Jobs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With one email? Well, it took a, because I didn't know his email. So right, I just right, guessed right. a lot of them, a lot of them, and then sent like uh, five emails out. Boom. And one of them was one of the emails. So wow. that was a bit of a hustle there. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but, you know, you can't do that now. You're going to end up in spam, oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had Apple support uh, for a right. while and uh, as we grew it. And, uh, but it took like five years before the market yeah, there was mm. internet in the eighty in the mid nineties in Silicon Valley. It was fun, mm-hmm. but it was new. The internet was correct. New. It was a bubble. I mean, it was and just, I was yeah. on the same street as Netscape and Intel, yeah. and and that was very exciting and working with companies. But mm-hmm. we were in a kind of a boring content business, right? And so it's just like working with authors to get content out, edit them, get them out on CD, and then online. And you can see some of that stuff on the web. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Wayback Archive. You can see. Yes, Wayback. Yeah, Wayback Machine. Com- that company yeah. is called VTC. And I had okay. investment from a Japanese company that wanted me to go to Japan to produce content over there. And wow. it was that was a venture capital company. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was venture, but not a true venture capital company. Okay. They had a vested interest in doing stuff in Japan. Okay. And they would they put one hundred fifty thousand dollars into me at the beginning. That's significant in the nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good enough for us. Yeah. and then, but I, they made it back. Well, actually, they didn't make it back. Then. I gave okay. them seventy-two thousand dollars much later. Okay, to buy back the shares. Wow. <laughs> so okay, when, but when they made a lot of money in Japan by selling the the technology over there, which they didn't follow my ideas. They tried okay. to do it too big, too fast, for the mm. wrong kind of content, and they didn't survive okay. over there. But anyway, that that went on for a number of years, and then we started making money at. The, 2000, 2001, a lot of money. Okay. So well, I'm just curious about one thing. When the dot-com bubble burst. Which one? The, the big one, the, the bigger one, the 90s one. 2000, yeah. Yeah, early, late us, 90s. Didn't yeah. affect us at all. Wow. Because we were producing cheap content, $25 a month for access to all the training. So mm. where the other, they say we're cut costs on training, they still needed training, so it came to us. Mm. And so at that time, we had a competitor called Linda.com, and she came. Linda? Yeah. 
okay. they came to us because we're not far away from in California, right? Okay. Southern California. And she said, they, she came to us and said, can you, we got 13 DVDs. Can you do what you do online for us and help us do it and we'll do stuff together? Wow. After three months of working together, they said, oh, we're going to do it on our own now. So. Ugh. Yeah, so they copied my exact ideas, everything that I've been doing for six, seven they years. Do a, they did a Bill Gates on you, but they did it. Be- <laughs> but, yeah, they did it better than me, so the marketing right. was good. Okay. And then by that time, I'd made a, a pile of money. By then, mm-hmm. and making more. In fact, if I don't mess with a company, I don't, you know, fiddle with it too much. Mm-hmm. It consolidates and makes money. Okay. If I fiddle all the time, things keep changing. Got it. Give but it time to at this age, I'm pretty sure you're pretty seasoned already. So yeah. many ups yeah, and downs, yeah. and but. What was your mindset like, and what were the key skills that you already had? That you know, coming back, if you that those are you had to a lot of trial and error. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm not even sure if. But you I know, have. I, I wasn't. It wasn't about the money so much. It was more Correct. like I, I saw a gap in the market to say, okay, we can do this better, mm-hmm. and we can affect a lot of people with what we do. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Correct. It was about me making an impact with the least amount of money. Yeah, correct. No, but I'm talking about in terms of, of stamina. I don't know a lot of people can go through, I mean, what you just went through at a young age. If you, you don't have a choice, do you? What, could, what, what else do I do? Well, some people cave in. To, and know. do what? I don't know. Some people just cave in. And, and what, what I like about oh, what you're telling me, mm. right, is, you know, and you didn't have a safety net. No safety net. No. Right? So you had to either, you, you, you have to work to eat. Yeah. Right? And again, some some people, and just putting it into perspective, here in the Philippines, some people have safety net. It's not against them. They're lucky that they have that. Mm-hmm. But in this type of you, hustle, you've you got, got no a choice. You've yeah. got to hustle. Correct. You've got to get the business or whatever it is. Correct. Um, but um, my issue is that it's, not, it's like from school. I do just enough to get by and be happy okay. and doing what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not driven. Like I don't have the killer instinct to make a billion dollars or whatever. Got it. So you do enough to get by and make an impact and okay. uh, do what do what you set out to do. Yeah, but eventually you 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 hit you hit gold, right? So back not by accident, but it just happened. Okay. Uh, so how did this transition to that now? Well, because I uh, mm-hmm. oh, look when I was sailing when I was young, I always said my dream was to buy a boat, sail around the world. Okay. So when I had enough money to do that, and that was about two thousand four, I started looking for a boat. Okay. And I met a. a my ex-wife, Russian girl. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. she was, she influenced influenced me to get a better class of boat, which I had to borrow against to buy. Got it. it. But that actually probably kept me alive. Okay. Sailing around the world. So from 2005 till 2009, 10, I was sailing around the world. How were you able to afford? Well, the company was still running in the U.S. Just Got kept, it. The money kept rolling in, so I didn't need to be there. Yeah. I it. always like to design a business that's passive income, but it's really hard to do. Got People it. think it's easy, but it's not. Okay, which I'll ask later on. How do you actually make that happen? Because, you know, a lot of a lot of hustles, and this is also a, a, a fault of a lot of entrepreneurs, is that most of us are control freaks. Mm. That you know, and and again, this has been said in any wealth accumulation book, that the the key to real wealth is passive income, right? As much, you can create as many streams of that. Yeah, the you know? the thing is, if you don't delegate, you're going to be working all the time if you build a service business where you need to be there all the time like my first business where you have to be there physically to teach so i thought it took me a while to work out i gotta make products Mm -hmm. that are needed by the market and sell them Mm -hmm. and that can scale up and then when the internet comes along you go okay i can scale i can do the same thing i scale even more Mm -hmm. but i didn't need to be there okay um and i was wherever i was i was on 
email and mm. you know, a connection. So, and while I was sailing, I set up a couple more businesses, including the mock-up software that I run iPlots. Mm. And because I had to design stuff for my ideas, for Got my it. developers in India to, to produce. So needs must, you have to, you know, I like, I'm thinking all the time of what I can do, what, what I can create. But and travel so. also gives, tells you, I mean, opens your eyes to so much. Four years mm -hmm. of sailing. No, six. Six years. Six years. 2010, yeah. Jack Sparrow will be scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's another set of adventures. Um, All right. But we're in a hustle adventure. But what was life like on a sail for six years? What, what did you well, learn? It's not constantly on, on the boat. Correct. So you'd, like I, I met a guy called Louis, uh, Louis Vitavin. He's... Um, okay. Not Louis Vuitton. No. Okay, cool. So he's a Dutch guy. I met... When my first crossing across the Atlantic... Go yeah. to Canary Islands, it's jump off to go to Caribbean. There's 250 yeah. boats that sail every year, and people go there to get on the boats if they can. Wow. A thousand people go there, and only a few get on the boats. Okay. So I needed two guys on my boat. Okay. There's the reason for that. I won't go into it. But okay. Cool. I needed two guys on my boat. I saw these guys advertising in a laundrette. Okay. Um, took one of the numbers, and they turned up, and they really scruffy looking, you know, long hair and okay. really dodgy looking, yeah. Yep. So I, I didn't let them on the boat just then. I said, yeah. See if you can varnish some of this stuff. See what they right, work right, at. Right. And after a couple of hours of talking to them, I said, "I'll oh, come on a boat then." Okay. They stayed on the boat. So one was an Italian guy, and he stayed for four months. The other guy is Louis, and he stayed for like six years. Wow! <laughs> so he would sail the boat anywhere because we would sail across the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after a couple of weeks or a few weeks of sailing around, I give mm -hmm. him my credit card and said, "Right, look after the boat for me. Sail it back to Europe for me." Wow! So Did said, they said, do what? it? And he said, "What?" <laughs> No, he did. he did it and he brought some other people. Wow. The trip back is not so comfortable. Mm. So then we did another season going around Europe, uh, sailing around all these, all, okay. lots of Europe. Uh, and then I did another Atlantic crossing. Wow. And then from there we went a Pacific crossing. That is South crazy. Pacific is cool. Uh, yeah. And Magellan has nothing on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you go across the Panama. You don't go down the south. Got it, got it. I'm What's a fair weather sailor. Right, right, right. So across the Panama, across, down the Panama Canal, Across the Pacific to uh, Marquesas, Tahiti, yep. Fiji, Vanuatu, yeah, and then uh, um, Australia. Got it. Um, so the Polynesian islands all the way to the yeah, and then biggest landmass that you can see. And so um, I'd already gone to Australia to set up an office before. I had 12 mm. offices around the world. So wow. for five years I was traveling like four yeah. times a year around them all. I lived in multiple countries. So How do you make sure though? Because again, it's easy to say that right, I'm going to create a team, but... Some te teams are not built where if the founder is not around, shit hits the fan hard. No, you give them an... So I did joint ventures where they had a vested interest, but I actually held the rights to the, um, you know, the product. Mm. So they would do their best to sell and do whatever. They, so you give them control, delegate everything to them. Okay. If they don't do well, they don't do well. Got it. Um, but the shit doesn't hit the fan, really. I mean... Not if you design it properly. Got it. So at this point, now you you can't afford uh, sailing life at the, this yeah, point, yeah. and uh, and kept making money until two thousand eight. And two thousand eight, that was a the other crash, right? The other recession. This <laughs> and is then, the recession. Then the money started going down. Okay. So what happened in two thousand eight that that really? Well, again, you know what happened. <laughs> okay. So recession, of course. You yeah. know, it's a writer survivor. Let's not and, and point lots of fingers. lots <laughs> lots right? of copy copycats. Okay. Lots of um, you know ways that people can go online and learn the Udemy and all those companies, mm -hmm. all copies of what I did originally. Okay. Um, and by that time, I, I didn't care because I'd made enough money. 
Um, what do you call it? Fu money. Mm, Fu <laughs> money. There you go. So, um, anyway, so I got to. I, I sailed to Thailand. Okay. Now you're in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Now, okay. So I got to Thailand. Discovered the, when I was going to divorce at the same time. Okay. So I got to Thailand. Ended up staying there and okay. uh, I did Pattaya. actually sell the boat two years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then two years after that, I bought another boat mm. and sailed it back. Wow. Again, that was another year sailing back. That was in 2014. That's like five years ago. Okay. Again, Louis did most of the complex stuff. Got now it. Louis's running my office down in Cebu. Wow. So yeah. He got he was he was in um Thailand eight years looking after my affairs over there. So I got right. property over there and investments and uh, okay. but no IT stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's he got married, got two kids. I said, bring him over to Cebu and do stuff for us over here. More action here, easier to do business in Philippines. Thailand's well, really tough. Got it. How did you end up in the Philippines? And why, why did you stay? Everyone yeah. asked me. Okay. Um, I was using Thailand as a base. To, and every two months you go fly somewhere, explore, find mm-hmm. Thailand, go back. So I did different cities. And Manila was just one of those cities that has a visa. You can mm-hmm. get visas from the embassy here. So mm-hmm. I said, okay. Go, let's go to Manila. Knew nothing about Manila. Okay. <laughs> didn't know they spoke English here. Didn't know, you know, you hear about, I didn't grow up with Filipino maids or anything like that. So yeah. I knew nothing about the Philippines. Same yeah. with my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just knew Marcos and shoes. <laughs> so, of all the things, man. Wow. Okay. That's the, That's the worst world, thing yeah. you can know about well, us. Look, look, look. Yeah. But you know, today we've got Duterte who's really putting Philippines on the map. So you get increased <laughs> in tourism because of whatever whatever you say, good or bad. Okay. But the name gets out there. People yeah. start okay. knowing more about the Philippines. So okay. anyway, I came here and I thought, oh, I was in Makati. Okay. Staying in a, uh, you know, Airbnb. So I'm like, or the equivalent at the time. And um, mm-hmm. I said, this is actually nice than I thought. Mm-hmm. Because I did some reading before and I thought, oh, it's really dangerous here, apparently. Okay. You know, and Americans say, don't come here. And yeah. <laughs> so, and so I was right here next to Greenbelt. Okay. So is that exposure to the Philippines really? Or is it a nicer introduction, right? Got it. You got the malls here and everything. Mm. So I looked at, the first thing I look at is what mm. the property market's like. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this is good opportunities to buy yeah. studios and rent them. Yeah. So I, I started buying. Ah. But also, just you got a few money. Well, th- that, but you know, you got to make your money grow. You can't got just it. sit on it and mm-hmm. put it under the bed. You got to right. make it grow. Mm. But uh, the other attraction here was, they were. I know you don't have to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still single, right? I know, um, I know. I know. Burgo Street. That's all you got to no, do. No, 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 not there. Not even okay, that, no. okay. I don't wow. like that. Um, okay. Definitely but I know what that. you mean. No, right. I just, I talked to a couple of girls in line and I met them both here and nice. we were together for nice. three months. Wow. Okay. One of, one of them's still a friend, but don't stay in touch. But the other one is um, definitely a nice friend. friend. And okay. she's a friend for a long time. And okay. uh, she has a daughter with my last name. So not my daughter, but yeah. That is awesome. Um, but anyway, so I, I, one of those investments, I bought an office. It's really difficult to buy small offices here. Yeah, um, to rent um, because people make money renting them. It's yeah. good return. So I bought the, 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 the episode prior to yours mm. talks about that hustle. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So I, I bought the office, seventy-five square meters, okay. and then said, "I'm going to run something from here." Okay. And on the day that I almost gave up because I was going for locational clearance at Macarty City Hall, and that stuff like drove me mad. Oh, wow. On that same day that I said I give up, I'm just going to rent it. Mm. I met um, A's. Yes. Uh, actually, I'd known her um, over a couple of over a year or so okay. and uh, she said I want to leave my job and uh, I'll take care of it for you 
So she, mm. she is the bridge between me and bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, and that's why she's still running as CEO. Absolutely, and, yeah. And she brought a couple of people with her. Mm-hmm. And that's where we still are. We're just in that office. Haven't expanded, haven't needed to from yeah. that office anyway. Correct. So that's the, the, that was the growth of Takash from, from then. And, um, and that perseverance you're talking about, that's what I really needed for getting an EMI license over here to do uh, e-money, just like Gcash Paymaya. Correct. It took me five years. Right. No, but let me, before we, we get carried away with what you do now in Takash, right? Yeah. Um, what how what was your crash course to the startup ecosystem and what was it like when you first because i saw you a lot Here. in yeah in the network and uh, the raid the fridges and mm. whatnot and what you know you you really you cover the whole room talking to everybody right yeah. uh, which is great but how what was it like because obviously you're coming from experience from silicon valley and whatnot and you, you've still technically seen the whole world now but mm. this at this time what was that impression and what made you want to do it here um I think I've always liked mentoring and helping. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously when I was younger, I didn't have anything to help okay. with. You know, yeah. no, mon- no real money or no real experience. So I thought the more I talk to people, the more they like, okay, they, they're actually listening to what I'm saying and they're finding it useful. And it just went from there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where you want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, okay, I'm actually helping. Okay. So um, it just grew from there. And when I first came here, there was no... No real structure. Yeah. I did have a small accident investing in something that I thought would grow into that. And that right. was ISI. Yeah. And a bad investment with a, a mm-hmm. foreigner that took all the money. Mm. <laughs> I don't foreign. remember who that guy was, but yeah, I, yeah. I think I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. who he was, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. so, um, but basically, yeah, I just wanted to get involved with the ecosystem to help startups. Mm-hmm. And um, that turned into our investing money okay it just went from there okay what what okay now uh, now i want to talk about tag cash right what was the main idea behind tag cash because you built a whole ecosystem a family of apps and functionalities well, that, was, that was um because when i first started i mm-hmm. had all these ideas so i was building right. websites for different mm-hmm. products um and i you know i should have been concentrating on apps more than websites mm-hmm. uh, in hindsight Got it. but then i um i discovered WeChat in China. You go, mm. okay, that's that's a great model, but does okay. it work here? But so anyway, I was, um, I'm, I get a bit bored sometimes, so I like to dabble in lots of different things. Okay. So you got to say, well, how does that translate into a business? So right. you keep yourself busy and you, you know, you don't get bored. So um, and that's where we started doing different modules for the app, mm-hmm. and then you say, well, how does that? translate into a real business because again you've got people saying what do you do oh, I do this this and this and right, right, don't right. really know what you do Yeah. so that morphed into a, an app that um, it's a smaller version of WeChat so WeChat mm-hmm. has like a million apps now uh, half of them games right right so I wanted that something and this this came um, in line with working with startups that didn't have a way of they didn't have the money or the technical expertise to create their own apps right so I want to make it easier for them okay so um, I wanted to build an ecosystem where they can build on what we've already built. Got and it. that's morphed into it. And it's today. also the hardest thing, especially if you're coming in without no tech background, you're bound to make the same mistakes as everybody yeah. else and whatnot. So if we give them a like six to 12 months head start, and yes. again, with a license in there for money, then they don't have to worry about that side. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's needed, you know, the fintech component is quite sure. important in these apps. Um, and then... Uh, that's now developed into uh, the ability to create a super app for anyone, yes, white label app. So they can exactly. create their own app uh, easily or they can build a suite of services in their own app. 
And yes. that's what we're doing now. All right. Now let's take a break and let's now pay it forward after we come back. And then, because uh, I, 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 I know you still have more to tell, but again, we got to pay some bills real quick. <laughs> but let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. 
They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part of the Hustle Share podcast season finale for season two. So again, we're, we're still with Mark Vernon um, of TagCash and a lot of bunch of family of, of apps within the TagCash tag ecosystem. But Mark, here's what I wanted to ask because you're very, very prominent in the fintech game, right? And in the final pitch, you were labeled by Mr. Jan Aguilar, by the way, which we had on the show as well, as a tokenizer. I don't even know what that means. But how did you get into the fintech game that you know uh, allowed you to to get amass you know a, a good fortune as well? Actually, that's not where I made my money in e-learning. E-learning, but the crypto side did help. Um, okay, I'll tell you how. Speed uh, bump. I mean, it's a boost per se. Yeah, boost. Yeah, because yeah. when I when I was in I was in the office trying to figure out how would I. It's two th- early 2012. Got it. So how do I give rewards out to users for doing things like sharing ads on Facebook, you know, micropayments? I've okay. always been interested in micropayments because you know, my e-learning model is delivering small modules, small e-learning in bytes like uh, video Got segments, it. five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So how do I charge per lesson rather than all-you-can-eat model? Correct. And I'd never be able to do that because in the world there's no, never been a system that's yeah. universal. Yeah, and it still really isn't right now. Correct. So that's, and I looked at Gcash PayMaya, no APIs, no way to plug into their system and they're hard to talk to. So I said, okay, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I discovered Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So I, I bought a whole pile of it, like five at or $10. At what price? Five or $10. What? Yeah, and then I kept buying uh, as it was going up to about $150, $250. Now I stopped buying. So yeah, five or $10. And then you all know what happened several years ago where... Boom, and then yeah. again, <clears throat> but the spike I, died. I, I just wanted to buy it to be able to give it out and use it as a currency that had some value other than points, but not as an investment per se <coughs> of what we, what everybody was. No, no, I didn't buy. It. I bought. I bought it for a use case, and God. then it changed from that use case into a speculation. Correct, and then you know the so the, the, the market manipulation happened. I don't but know because, who triggered that. Because yeah. of that, then I got involved with the crypto system as it was growing. Got it. Um, but I'm, I've always been interested in the practical aspects of crypto mm-hmm. and blockchain. Got it. So, um, and I said, how can I build that into my own software? Is it useful? And, mm-hmm. I, and I do. It's not so much I'm promoting blockchain as just using the technology for where it's suited in my apps. Got it. For proof, transparency, accountability, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the crypto side is separate to that. So the, yeah. that money, I've sold a, a little bit of Bitcoin since then. Yeah. Not too much. And that funds the growth of anything I want to do. On top of the money yeah. I already had, but that basically fund startup um, investing. Aside from Bitcoin, did you do? Uh, did you invest in other uh, cryptos? I guess there's nope, a no, shitload of them now. I know I made some money yeah. and I created my own as okay. well and mm-hmm. mined it. I yeah. had a whole pile of miners in the, the room behind us. Got here. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, back to the basics of how is this practical? Mm-hmm. And that's why I said tokenization of assets is really of any kind of asset. Mm-hmm. I got into that. Um, and then, unfortunately, and the regulation comes in, and right. you have to go. Well, we can't, you know, we can't tokenize shares because mm-hmm. 
there's some issues there. Right. You can't publicly raise money without going through securities mm-hmm. and so on. And then uh, one of the things we did with, because we had the FinTech PH group mm. on Facebook right. run by Jerry Cruz. Mm-hmm. And a group of us decided, okay, we should start the FinTech um, Association to help others Correct. Uh, navigate yeah. the minefields of... Mm. And you're very, very active in that one. Yeah, so um, that um, has grown from two years ago to 150, 160 members already, okay. um, big companies. Um, and you're not affiliated with the BSB and having meetings well, with them. With, with, we just had an industry sandbox meeting a few days ago, and that was getting all the regulators in one room um, wow. to agree on a sandbox, an industry sandbox, so everyone can work together even more so you know share api share data come Mm -hmm. up with interesting models with the regulators looking but not telling you what to do so they can keep an eye on what you do so when i first came to philippines there was nothing i I couldn't see any couldn't go in groups couldn't go to uh anyone to say what what should i do so the learning experience took me much longer correct so we want to help foreign entrants come in or existing companies navigate the waters to say what should we be doing and how can we work together Uh, maybe encourage open banking and stuff. Yeah, all these things help the Philippines move forward and uh, you know make an impact um, on everyone's lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my primary aim, yeah. aim has always been how do I create a cashless Philippines? And I thought go. maybe okay, maybe Bitcoin can do it. Okay, or Libra, you know, Facebook's currency. Okay, but I'm supporting anything that does that, and my software is designed. So to, to try and get people to go cashless, because right. you know, how do you get people to go from cash to digital cash? Okay. It's very difficult, and you know, no one trusts the Correct. system. So if you give them software or reasons to do that, mm-hmm. then the cash comes in, becomes digital, and then they can get credit, lending, they can do all of those things. That is amazing. Now, in terms of, I, I'm also very curious, because you, you're used to hopping around the world. Mm-hmm. What made you stay? I mean, that's probably one of the longest 10, aside from what you, you yeah, did. I've lived here more than anywhere else in the world. Correct. Because I like the Philippines. Okay. Is it the lumpia? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I, I'm not a Philip, Filipino fan uh, of the food, but the there's food, something yeah, that you 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 fall in love no, with. I, here I like Bicol sure. Express. Oh, and the food down in Bicol, and then yeah. discovered lighting. Yeah, and yeah. there's uh, where was I in uh, Ilo Ilo? There's some other food there, so yeah. I have to change my opinions on Filipino yeah. food. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you can now serve Filipino food to <laughs> to <laughs> Mark Vernon. Just make sure it's really spicy. Bicol Express. I love. There you spicy, go. Yeah. All right now. So, uh, let's pay it forward. Um, you're an angel investor, right? And you've helped several startups. I don't know. How many investments here have you done, more or less? I don't know. A dozen, half, more than that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there has to be a formula. What, what's your formula? Because in, in VC, there's this power law that they all talk about mm-hmm. because most of the time, they don't spend their own money. Or if they do, they're an LP at the same time. It's all a different ballgame. As an angel investor, what's your strategy like? Every, every angel investor is slightly different because um, sometimes you want to pay back or you want to help um, in different ways. Sometimes you have personal interests you want to help. Um, sometimes it is just the money, but it's really for angel investors, it's really not just about the money. Okay. For me, it's morphed into a, how do I help my main business while also helping startups? And your, your business is actually not even connected. It's kind of connected because we have advertising uh, component. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was getting into hydroponics, then right. that's a hobby that mm-hmm. I want to get into. Rather than turning it into a business, I invest so mm-hmm. I can indulge my hobbies. Right. So some people have hobbies, then they turn in. Got they it. don't want to do it as a business, but they want to dabble. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But there is synergy because I, I, I feel synergy. that we, we do have, we're paving both ways in, in whatever subsector we are doing in, in the startup ecosystem. My way is just trying to educate people yeah. in, in the hustle of other people. That's it. Ask questions and throw random jokes sometimes. But, you know, I think the primary aim for me is how can you make impact, the most amount of impact with the least amount of money? Correct. So investing in you allows a dissemination of information yes. uh, for whatever whatever that is Correct. you can make a lot of impact in people's lives which by the way in season 3 we got a little special surprise so if you're going to be listening to this <laughs> season four, in 2020 season 3 in and really? hustle share oh right um it's going to be you know uh you're going to be hearing some new stuff if you're listening okay. to this in 2020 okay. yeah so one of my earlier investments this year was society yeah. 8 yes um, and i liked her her message, uh, her drive was not about the money. It was about how can we help uh, startup entrepreneurs um, mm. become entrepreneurs and to actually, you know, have a income. Yeah. So she impacts so many people's lives. Right now, we have over a thousand brand partners. That's and amazing. And it's growing so fast. Right. And so I've I'm been to the one, the one yeah, near yeah. my school where I yeah, yeah. we dominated MK. <laughs> I'm still calling but, you out till no, now. <laughs> so MK was doing a, the FH Moms. Right. And right. That one I I really liked that business because she mm-hmm. had 150,000 mothers at home. That's another impact that I could have. Correct. Um, Got involved. I might still. Who knows? Yeah. So MK, if you're listening to this, huh, I'm giving you a heads up already. Mm. <laughs> I think she knows. There you but go. Um, you know, to create again, creating apps that yeah. people use every day. Um, to you know, in everyday life, using uh, again, Correct. involving cashless, absolutely uh, payments and so on. So, um, yeah, I think for me, the bottom line is, how can I invest in something where they make a real impact? I can't Got do. It. All right. What do you look for in a founder? Because again, a lot of angel investors also, or a founding team, a lot of people probably fucking go, go to you and like, well, you know, trying to win you over. But at yeah, the end of the day, y'all, y'all not, know what it not, is. That's not what, yeah, because I know when I, you're not, you're honest with me. Right. I like people that are really honest with me. Mm-hmm. No bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dutch personalities you get on with. Right. And you have to work with them, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to get on with them and you want to have fun at the same time correct and so those elements come together along with the business idea and is it sustainable and can it make money can it got make it. an impact and they come together saying yeah okay I should make this investment got it but what, what are, are there certain rules that you live by because again a lot of people will probably gut, gut know, feeling gut feeling <laughs> there's no rules got for it. me it's gut feeling and uh, it hasn't let me down even the ones that where the, the business have failed mm-hmm. uh, and there's only been one and it hasn't really failed it's just I know who it is. It's yeah. just Dorman. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's still friendly and it's still, it yeah. might carry on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, there's a lot of people that pitch to me, but I don't, uh, I don't invest in everything. Got it. Um, so you have to have all those elements come together mm-hmm. at the right time and then you move forward. Got it. But what would you like to see, at least if they're pitching? Because like, for example, I'm coming in, oh, I have an idea, Mike Bernan, help me. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what it is. Where, is it traction? Is it no, the no, I mean, at the moment, it's early. Um, the earlier, the better, but they've got to have had some kind of, um, not traction with actually getting customers, but yeah. at least talking to the customers and validating the idea and are they willing to pay? And then can you prove that? You know, got I've got it. 10 customers that want to do this mm-hmm. and they're willing to pay this much money if we do yeah. it. So that kind of establish the market, not uh, just the, the idea of the market, validate that got and then it. come to me and say, mm-hmm. This is a good idea. Will you help me do it? Because you've grilled some dudes <laughs> in the final pitch, you know, and then the, you know, and you ask very valid questions, 
you know, it's like, hey, I can do that and whatnot. What what yeah. makes you special per se? You know, there's there's a science behind it aside from you the gut feel. Um, look, if, you, if I'm going to put my money with someone, I want to know, is it going to, you know, either make an impact or is it going to come back? Is it going to allow me to make more money to invest in others and so yeah. on? So you have to ask the, the mm-hmm. blunt questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to make people cry on TV like it's the wonderful, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I think Joe, Joey Garanko, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I think he's meaner than I am when we've been on the joint panel and asking right. questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm quite happy to handle the mantle to him, okay. to Mr. Mean. <laughs> but no, I, I just blunt and honest like I am in life. Just, yeah. you know, just don't want to hear any bullshit. All right. Now, now in terms of, the, let's talk about the ecosystem. I mean, so again, I, this is a cheesy question that people probably like fucking ask you a million times already. But what 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 is what's missing or what what what's our next step as an ecosystem? There's a lot of movement. Money. Money. What do you like, say like, when you say money? What do you mean by that? Um, if you look at Indonesia or Singapore or um, I don't know, other countries, um, there's a lot of capital that flows in to fund startups and so on. Mm. And here, not enough. You know, people it. don't either they don't trust the Philippines or they think, oh, there's not enough market here. But that's changing very rapidly now. Absolutely. So, um, like, for example, I'm going to be used as a kind of right. poster boy for the mm. UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go over there and say, a British guy's come over here and they made money and still here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So come on over, you know, mm-hmm. bring your talent, bring your money, uh, invest in the Philippines. Got it. So I'm like an ambassador for the Philippines. There you go. So I'd rather, you know, don't go to Singapore, come here. Life is better mm-hmm. here. It's more interesting. Got it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, we just yeah. don't have Bakote, but we have, <laughs> you know, Sinigang. <laughs> but, <laughs> Pretty close. Um, right. So, but anyway, English speaking, mm-hmm. large market domestically to, yeah. to work on. And, uh, great workers and so on, um, and cost-effective. Yep. So why not come here? Uh, but so you need to broaden. Same as tourism, you need to put out the word and say, "Look, this is a good place right. to do business. Come Absolutely. here." Absolutely. Okay. And then, and then working with government agencies to actually try and make. That and there's now support. You know, there's yeah, not. There's, we're not an island anymore per se. In, I mean, in, in some thousand islands, but yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm talking about is there's a law now. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. there's there's a lot of we're making a lot of strides. So. Oh, yeah. If you're not doing it now, you're gonna be a little late. So, but there's there's a lot of movement. So, yeah. come join us. Yeah. Start a movement. Start a PH number one. So, anyway, and I'm here because of the challenge. I mean, I love uh, a lot know, of things. No, mm-hmm. I like solving problems. I like building stuff to solve problems, and that's why I'm here. If I go to Australia or UK or um, yeah Singapore, they've already done it all. You know, um, here there's a challenge to actually make things happen. And how do you do that? Got it. That's amazing. Now, let's just ask the cheesy questions before we wrap this baby up and turn right. it on to a new year and whatnot. But I'm very, very impressed and at awe, actually, of your stamina from go from failure to failure to failure and whatnot. How did you keep going? Because well, you, this have, is, you obviously have more successes than failures. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Exactly. But um, same as you, when you, you had a failure, right? Yeah. Big you, one. All right. You, have a, you go brain dead for a while and you go, Okay, next. And okay. You, you carry on. Uh, no, but it takes a part of you, you know, mm, and you had a little bit of, of yeah. those more than uh, the normal yeah. people would, would go um, through. Yeah, but you, you just deal with it. Uh, you haven't got any choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it take a part of you? It gives you experience and um, perspective mm-hmm. on you know, where you're going in the future. No. Probably me, I, I, it affected me in a way that says, you know, I can't, I got to be lean all the time, mm. which is why I'm not like a thousand people strong in my office and, no. you know, uh, uh, bringing in money from all over the place. No. Um, 
I do what I want to do, mm. and it's lean, yeah. and I can keep running it forever. Okay. So I don't have to worry about it. But that's, that's come from, that comes from previous experience of you know, doing it, growing too big too fast. Got it. Um, Premature scaling. So if anything, mm. I'm probably gone the other way. Mm. When I, sh I should do certain things, but in the past it's, it hit me. Um, mm. So that's the way it's affected me. Okay. Um, and maybe you. I mean, obviously you've learned a few lessons. Oh, dude, uh, I'm still the same crazy guy, but uh, I'm a mature crazy guy now. But but yeah. it's basically uh, operating a shoestring as long as you can until you get traction, and then then you can say, okay, if we put the money in, then we can grow fast. And that's exactly what I'm doing with tech actually. Got it. I mean, it took four years to make money. Yeah, wow. Now it makes a bit of money. Okay. Now um, let's talk about income. I'm I'm very interested about passive income because you've you've again in order for to sustain this type of movement for you there it has to be and then this is yeah my, your advice for people so, so that they manage their finances well you um you got to find a, for me it's about building a product either a service product or a physical product or an online product whatever where people want it and they're willing to pay for it okay and that's hard to do Super. so many people are trying to do it yeah but if you've got like if you've got an expertise and knowledge uh, that you want to impart for example then you could teach it one-to-one that -one, needs you to be there all the time. If you mm -hmm. make an online course for it, you now can be free to do that anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, or create a podcast. Create a podcast, <laughs> right. Um, it's scalable. But, you know, if you're creating a physical product, same kind of thing, you know, uh, how do I make this viable? It's a bit harder with physical products. Right. Um, yeah, everyone wants a passive business, but it's really hard to do because, Absolutely. yeah. And then it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm. I did that, but it took me a number of years. Like, right. I was like six, seven years to get to that stage. Yeah. How do you develop now a proper gut feel? I mean, gut feel is, again, that, that intuition. No, I understand, yeah. but you, through the, dealing with people that run away with your money, you eventually have this that really nice feel of like, all right, I think I can roll with this person. That's just experience. Okay. Of dealing with thousands of people in, in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and that gut feeling is not something you can just learn. You, you Correct. Know, you have the experience and figure out what makes you feel good. Mm. That's why it's called gut feel. Right. <laughs> you know, the, but how do you, I mean, in, in what type of, of, of moves, I guess, or what type of exercises or people you would love to uh, work with or that you learn with so that people don't have to go through the same mistakes? That's basically what <sighs> I don't know. Um, if someone's driven too much by money, someone's too mm. desperate for money, someone's too, where they concentrate on that aspect more than anything else rather than making a difference, making okay. a product that you know, is going to change people's lives or do something that's better, give people mm. pleasure, experience, whatever. Yeah. Um, then for me, that's like a, a you know, okay. take a step back and Chill. examine it a bit more. Yeah, Chill. calm down, right. Um, for anyone who's doing, dealing with anyone else, it's, um, you don't uh, trust for, to a certain level, but don't give all your trust. Got it. Um, you know, trust a certain point where you won't get hurt okay. if anything goes wrong. And then extend that trust. Leave that other foot outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> if you put yeah. all your eggs in one basket, or all your basket in one exit, if you, you probably wouldn't know that joke from the Europe. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, I'm trying Some to make sense. Some people listening will. Right. Basques are from, they're an area in oh, northern Spain. Okay. So anyway. anyway. No. <laughs> nope. I only know Caldereta from uh, Spain. <laughs> so anyway, the... the nope. um, you don't, you don't, um, yeah, you don't put your everything in. Yeah. Because uh, it's like uh, the same for relationships. A woman puts all the trust in the guy and then 
gives her all the passwords and says, oh, you can man. have control of my life. And then sort of oh, like, shit. yeah. Boom. You so out. Yeah. You, you give trust to a certain level without, you know, saying, no, I don't trust anyone. And then right. that, that goes a counter to what you want correct, to do. Correct, correct. And then extend trust as you develop. Correct. Absolutely. Now, lastly, through all of this, and again, to wrap this whole season up, this whole year, I mean, we're less than a year old, but it feels like it's longer than that. <laughs> what was the biggest lesson that you've learned through this whole journey? Um, this has been amazing. And now the enigma is gone. I, I have nothing but respect for you. So again, thank you for that. Hey. Yeah. But what's the biggest lesson now, Mark, uh, through, through, the, through all of these uh, experiences you've learned that you carry on? Um, as you get older, and I'm quite old now, mm-hmm. oldish. Okay. Um, I'm still single, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, enjoy life. Enjoy what you do. Don't do anything that um, that you know makes you experience negative emotions, negative you know, experiences. Okay. Just enjoy life mm-hmm. if you can. Um, it's kind of hard to give that advice to someone who's young and they've got a whole pile of years ahead of them. Yep. Um, but if you don't like your job, mm-hmm. then don't leave it and then go find something. But try and find something that you can do that <laughs> where you think will be enjoyable. Right. It's kind of harder in the Philippines where you just got to make money to live, and I've done yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it comes to a stage where you say, I've got to enjoy life mm-hmm. and I've got to make a living. Yeah. And I think the Philippines has a good balance where they don't, it does. money is it's not yeah. everything. Once you make enough money to have a good life, and then you should. And people enjoy actually it. care. Yeah. That there's, there's, there are people always going to lend a hand here, one way or another. Yeah, yeah. And you got to find those people. Right. But in America, it's all about work, 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 mm. and make the money, and then what? Mm. You know, here it's make enough to uh, get yeah. by and enjoy life, have mm. a good life, work hard, have play hard, and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not a lesson I need to yeah. give here because the people understand that. You know, it's just that difficulty in getting there. Um, to, once you start making more than you would make in a job, mm-hmm. then yeah, you, you start to enjoy your life a little bit more because <clears throat> you don't have to work, work, work. And so working smarter is hard to do than just working hard. There you go. You can work smart and enjoy life, but that takes a while. And I, I don't know, I can't recommend how you do that. It mm-hmm. depends on each person. You've, you've worked it out, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't. I I just, you just got to want it bad enough, man. That's it. You, you just want to... Well, yeah. there's one yeah. bad enough, and then for me, I've sacrificed. Like, I got married and didn't have yeah. kids or anything. But mm. there are certain sacrifices to get where you want to be. But that depends on what's your priority in life. Absolutely, exactly. But that's a mean word. You gotta sacrifice something to get something. You know, yeah. well, you want more down the road. All so, right, thank you again, Mark. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, so the people here in the condo just start popping out somewhere, and your your pomeranian's done. But again, Mark, if they re- want to reach out to you and if you want to work and get to experience TagCash, what do they do? Um, TagCash.com okay. or FinTechPH.org mm-hmm. if you want to learn about uh, on the FinTech side. We have monthly meetups so you can come meet me and chat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not hard to find Mr. Mark. Bro. Yeah, I'm on He's mes- everywhere. I'm on yeah. Messenger and a lot of people talk to me on Facebook uh, and advice, mentorship. But mm-hmm. um, don't waste my time. Okay, there you Just go. Just have a clear idea of what you want. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so guys, if you like that episode, again, follow us on whatever podcast app you're using. And if you guys want to 
if you said any jargon in this episode, please go to hustleshare.com. We have the show notes there. And lastly, uh, if you want to know who, who we're going to have on the show in the in, in the near future, just check it out on the Hustleshare community on Facebook. And lastly, don't forget the messages on the Hustleshare chatbot powered by chat.bh on m.me slash hustleshare. Again, thank you, Mark, for this very great um Season finale. Thank you very much. Yes. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.